0: You're listening to Football, Philosophy, and Rocket Science, a Cleveland Browns podcast, a show where a philosopher and a rocket scientist try to make sense of the Cleveland Browns. The Football, Philosophy, and Rocket Science podcast is a part of the Fanatical Elves Podcast Network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here are your hosts, Elliot Kennel and Joel Cade.
1: Hi there. I'm Elliot Kennel. I'm the rocket scientist, and he is Joel Cade, the philosophy professor. Howdy. And gosh, Joel, we have a lot of things to talk about. Let's start with defensive tackle Shelby Harris, who is a Cleveland Brown. I'm euphoric because I like defense. I think you win with defense. I do not think that you necessarily win with. Uh, signing lots and lots of speedy wide receivers, especially if they don't actually catch footballs. Although, of course... uh, Evan
0: Schwartz!
1: (coughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, he's fast.
0: (laughs) But, but, okay,
1: we've got plenty of wide receivers on the team that I think we really actually like. And I wasn't really that concerned about getting another wide receiver. But defensive tackle really did concern me quite a bit. And uh, Shelby Harris is a professional defensive tackle, uh, he can also be used at defensive end. He's sort of a hybrid. And uh, yep. as you know, I think the NFL is coming to a realization, at least in my opinion, that they really want to stop the pass this year and stopping the run is not that important because the rules are so beneficial to the receivers that uh, unless the, the, the running back is getting six and seven yards per carry – you might as well defend against the wide receivers. And I think that it makes sense to have three defensive ends and one defensive tackle or maybe a, a three-man front. And Shelby Harris is that guy who can be
0: kind of uh, an extra pass rusher. I like mm-hmm. this move. What do you think? I think he's going to fit in on the three technique. I watched some highlights of this before the show, and he does an excellent double gap technique. I've watched him take on two blockers and hold his own. I've watched him read a read an offensive lineman, shoot through a hole, be disruptive. Uh, this is perfect. This is exactly what the Browns need. You know, just a guy like this to come in. I don't think there's going to be too much transition for him. Basically, this is going to be show up, get in shape. You're our starting defensive tackle. Yeah, that's what yeah, I, think I think this is. Yes, I think so,
1: too. I think, you know, at age 31, we don't want him to play every down, but I would say I would put it this way, is that uh, how much is he going to move the point spread uh, compared to, say, DeAndre Hopkins uh, going in for, um, uh, you know, Elijah Moore? Is he really that much of an upgrade over Elijah Moore? Um, I'm not sure. So I think that
0: that this is a good move. I'm very, very happy uh, with that. I do want to start on something here. No more than they signed Shelby Harris. There's like a bunch of people out there talking about how they're going to cut Jordan Elliott. I don't Mm -hmm. understand this. I don't understand the cut Jordan Elliott thing. Okay. I can see Tommy Togiai getting cut because Tommy Togiai is small, has short arms, and it's not really an ideal build. For this kind of defense, because you want to get your arms on the on the offensive lineman before they get their arms on you. So I can see Tommy Togi being the odd man out. I don't see Jordan Elliott being the odd man out. This is the first time Elliott's going to be in a double gap defense. I think now maybe the Browns know something I don't, which they probably do. I think this is going to be finally the year that Elliott actually plays up to some of his potential. Uh But you got everybody out there cutting Jordan Elliott. So I don't I don't know. I don't maybe they see something I don't. Okay, well,
1: I'll I'll, I'll tell you what I think is that uh, Siaki Ika is not getting cut. I would Um, agree with that. That gives us three guys that absolutely are going to make the team uh, because Dalvin Tomlinson is a borderline Pro Bowl candidate. And uh, so somebody, uh, either Jordan Elliott or Tommy Togiai, are probably going to get cut. What about Maurice Hurst? And pardon,
0: what about Maurice Hurst?
1: Yeah, I think he's probably in danger. I think all, um, I think it's gonna be tough to have uh, uh, four guys that play defensive tackle. That's probably the maximum number that you want to take into the season, right. They they could go in with as few as three because I think that they're so, uh, there's a lot of defensive ends that they'd like to keep. They'd probably go in with
0: nine defensive linemen. I don't uh, even think they have three, three defensive ends on the team. <laughs> <Pardon>? <laughs> I don't know if they even have three defensive ends on the team anymore. <laughs> oh, well, no, they,
1: they they have a lot of guys that I think that they really uh, have to keep. They're going to have to keep. Uh, Agbo, I think you got to keep
0: Garrett, Carl- Smith, got. I think you got to keep Is Isaiah McGuire. Yeah, I think that's who you
1: keep. I think they keep uh, Alex Wright. They have to keep him. I, I think, think they so. like uh, Isaiah Thomas. Um so if they liked him that
0: much they wouldn't have drafted Isaiah Maguire. I, I I don't know. I just think the the cut oh, yeah, here. they drafted the them the same year. So okay, we've just got Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas guys, were drafted six guys last like year. Last year and Isaiah Maguire was drafted this year. And I think if they liked Wright and if they liked Isaiah Thomas, they wouldn't have drafted Isaiah Maguire, but I like to think that the issue on defensive tackle comes down to who do you keep? Like, if you're keeping Tomlinson, you're keeping Shelby Harris, you're keeping Siaki Ika, right? So then there comes a the question, if you keep four, are you keeping Elliott, Togiai, or Hurst? And in my money, I'm keeping Elliott, unless Hurst comes out and balls out, which I don't think we've seen yet because he's currently fourth on the depth chart. So that's how I see it.
1: Okay, I, I I think Jordan well, Elliott's the winner. Be here. Interesting,
0: but I think somebody good
1: uh, will uh, be cut. It'll depend on who they think uh, can survive
0: uh, waivers and who they can put on a practice squad or who they um, can get value on the trade market. If you can trade Jordan yeah. Elliott, who's going into his last year, and you can get something for him, then you just keep Maurice Hurst or you keep Tommy Toe and you move on. And then when they leave, <laughs> get something from them. So the, yeah. it's,
1: yeah. That goes without saying, but I really doubt whether you can get meaningful return uh, in a trade for any of our uh, borderline players. I think that's wishful thinking, frankly. I, I agree, to-
0: but I think the best but, of the rest right now is Jordan Elliott. So. Okay. There, I'm, I'm sticking to it.
1: All right. Draw my right. line. We would love to make a trade, for sure. I agree with you there. If we can make a trade and get something back, even if it's, you know, the, the – not the – bottom guy in the totem pole but somebody that really actually has value to our team i think i'd consider trying to get some resources and i would
0: say on the hold on before we move on we'll see the last thing you line up harris tomlinson garrett and zadarius smith on that defensive line at one time that is a scary proposition for any offense it's a tremendous, tremendous fans have to really understand
1: what a major upgrade the defensive line is right this year compared to last year this is not your father's Cleveland Browns man yeah, this, this is, is different it is different.
0: this team it will be a lot of fun to watch thing. on defense um, so, I was actually yeah. watching this game this this game with uh, last game with my my son and uh, we were watching the defense and he's like, wow, the whole team is around the ball. I'm like that's the difference <laughs> that's the difference between a double gap scheme and a single gap scheme in action. The single gap scheme, and I was showing because the... Um, I forget who they're even playing anymore. The The other Jets. team was running... The Jets were running a single gap scheme. And so their players are going all vertical, straight up field. And the Browns players are going lateral, and they're all converging on the ball. And he's like, wow. And I'm like, look, that's the difference between the two schemes. One scheme you got people just running up field as fast as they can to try to make a play before he gets out of the backfield. Then it's just a mess. But on a on a double gap scheme, the whole team has read their keys and they're running to the ball as fast as they can to make a play. That's the difference. That's what it looks like. So it was actually on display last week, and and Shelby Harris plays that defense, plays that style, and I he's a playmaker in that style. So it's really kind of exciting to see this go down. Yes, and yes, it'll be exciting yes. to see Jordan Elliott back him up.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a believer <laughs> that you dominate you dominate with defense. It starts on the defensive line. We did not have the defensive line. We had Miles Garrett and a bunch of guys last season. That's just the way that it yeah. was.
0: But let's let's move on now. Uh, we let's have take our a... commercial break real quick. Oh, okay. Then we'll, then we'll dedicate the rest of our time to the Washington commies. So after the break, we're going to head up on this week's opponent. This Friday, the Browns will be at home versus the Commanders. And we are giving away two free tickets to that game. So come on right. to the fans for or the – Fanatical Elves Sports Network, the Fanatical Elves Network X slash Twitter page. Like, subscribe, find the retweet, find the tweet that or the post. I'm gonna get this right. That has the announcement of the ticket giveaway. Re- repost that situation there on on Twitter slash X and uh, get yourself entered for that. Also, we are selling merchandise, which I still don't have the website for. But if you go to our <laughs> Twitter page. After you That's subscribe, really, really much. after you followed, you can get on that, that link and you can buy the What the Elf Was That, football philosophy and rocket science. You can get yourself all the gear you need to rep and look just like Elliot. You can get his hat. You can get his suit. Well, I don't know if we can get all that yet, but maybe we'll get to this hat and the suit pretty soon. But all right. So after the commercial break and we make our millions of dollars, we're going to talk about this week's opponent, the Washington Commanders. So all right. Catch you on the flip side. All right, Elliot, so this week... Oh, I feel the, wealthy now. Wow. Yeah, good for you. We're, okay. we're making making all that cash. We can go to the strip club after this. So, after oh, this, uh, this week... There, probably Yeah, they're, they're going to take all the action, you know. This week, the Browns are playing the Washington Commies, and I would call them the Commies because they're the commanders, and also because they just have no name. I mean, I, I don't understand. This team has a bunch of names, and it has no name, but... Before we get into all that crazy crap, let's just actually talk about what's going on from last year to this year with the Washington Commanders. What you got for us, Elliot? Well, of course, they've
1: had a change in ownership, and uh, they've been uh, for 24 years. They've been working for Dan Snyder. It's just been really a a reign of error. Uh, He's been one of the worst owners in professional sports and uh, we're glad to see him go. Yeah. And the whole town of Washington is euphoric, rightly so. And um, I think you know more about uh, Josh Harris than I do, but he was uh, a proponent of uh, uh, rebuilding, kind of in the sashi brown
0: mode. Why don't you tell us about right, Josh so First Harris. of all, Josh Harris has become the new member of the board. Okay. Well, let's try that again. It wasn't very loud. Here we go. We are the Borg. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. Yeah. So new member of the Borg is Josh Harris and the Josh Harris group, a part of a group that has Magic Johnson as a part of the group. And Josh Harris, if you guys recognize the name from the NBA fame of the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Philadelphia 76ers were famous because of the process. And yes, I just blanked, just blanked on his name. Used to be the Browns GM, actually went to Philadelphia. Black- Sashi yeah. Brown worked on that team as a part of the process. And this is where the Philadelphia 76ers Sixers stunk it up for three seasons in the NBA to get the first draft pick so they can get a transcendent player and become a good basketball team, which has worked for them much to the chagrin of every NBA owner. So he was not a fan favorite of other owners in the NBA because he blatantly tanked for three straight seasons.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, Yeah, but they
1: still keep on uh, blowing it and they never win, do they? I don't know. I don't follow basketball. Okay. Well, yeah, they—they. They I'm too on. busy
0: with football and philosophy, man. Yeah. I'll okay. That NBA was something else.
1: Them, yeah, their prima donna player wants to get traded and stuff, and he's not worth his money. Okay, we don't care about them. Yeah, okay. But um, what we uh, do know is that uh, they also have a new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, who was the the Kansas City Chiefs coordinator for a number of years. And he's anxious to prove that it wasn't just uh, Andy Reid and it wasn't just uh, Patrick Mahomes, but it was also Eric Bieniemy making all the right play calls for all those years, and he'd
0: like to show that he can make a great offense in Washington. And This was um, also the guy who was passed up and passed up and passed up for head coaching jobs and kind of really elevated the conversation of race and head coaches in the NFL. Well, that's true. On the other hand, he's not getting really great press
1: in Washington as offensive coordinator either. Let me read to you from uh, August 8th uh, from ESPN's John Keim, and he's quoting Washington Commanders coach Ron Rivera said that some of his players expressed concern over new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy's intensity during practice. Uh, but Bieniemy, also the assistant head coach, said that he's not about to change his approach. He's sent the first offense off the field because it didn't get into the huddle fast enough. He's demanded that the offense get in and out of the huddle quicker. So, yeah, it sounds like he's really intense, yells a lot, and does stuff like that, carries on. Uh, I guess that's okay.
0: But uh, um, I think there's some problems with that kind of stuff in, the, in his personal life, too, and I'm not getting into that because I can't quantify or confirm that there have been issues in his personal life, but I believe there have been. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, you can you can correct me. Um, uh,
1: I, I think, you know, those things, you know, Pete Rose used to say, I don't have any problems as long as I hit 300. I think uh, that kind of uh, translates okay. to football as well. There's a lot of pressure on Biennemi. A lot of it is self-generated. Uh, he needs to show that he can be a quarterback guru, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, let's talk about quarterbacks. The next franchise quarterback of Washington
0: is going to be Sam Howell. Okay, I'm um, going to interject for a second. Hmm. Okay, so you got to think when Josh Harris buys this team, he's got to be salivating. He's got Ron Rivera as his head coach who knows nothing about analytics, nothing, and loses <laughs> his te- games for his team by not knowing what's going on. This was the guy at the after the Browns game who said we could have made the playoffs this game. Like dude didn't even know his team could make the playoffs and he's out there coaching. Okay. Now you've got Sam Howell out of the university of North Carolina. And I have some friends in North Carolina, a lot of friends in Charlotte. They'll just like freak. When I say this, he was a fourth round pick. I think for a reason, fifth round pick for a reason he was a fifth grade He's slow, but he likes to be a running quarterback. He was slow in college. Now imagine playing against guys who run much faster forties with you than you, and they weigh three hundred pounds chasing you around. This is like Josh Harris is perfect. Like we're gonna walk in here and we're gonna tank. We're just gonna tank this whole season. We got Eric Bieniemy who couldn't get along with. Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes. He blew that situation for himself. We got Ron Rivera, who we know is like a terrible clock manager and makes idiotic decisions with his football team. And you just wonder if he's there half the time. And we've got Sam Howell's our starting quarterback. We are on the road to tank.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, he was a 21 year old quarterback last season. He started the season at age 21. I believe that I'm correct that there's only been two 21-year-old quarterbacks that have had winning seasons as a starter. Uh, one was Lamar Jackson, who is, of course, the exception to every rule, and the other was David Woodley of the Miami Dolphins in about 1980.
0: Oh, um, Elliot, with the the, the stat, drop the mic, just, Elliot.
1: It's just hard now. So, all right, that brings us to today. He's still only 22 years old. Uh, he might have some ability to play quarterback, but I think it's unrealistic to expect even a 22-year-old uh, to play quarterback at a high level in the NFL and expect him to do it right away. Um, I think uh, it might be a, a exasperating season for offensive coordinator Biennemi. Uh, but what they what they do have is some really fast wide receivers. They've got two 4-3 guys from Ohio State and Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. And their uh, third guy is Jahan Dotson, who is the 2022 number one pick from Penn State. And he's a 4-4 four, four guy in low 4-4s. Four, so they probably have about the fastest wide receivers in the NFL. And it just makes me wonder, did the owner pick these guys? That sounds like Something that the that an owner would do is just pick speedy wide receivers uh, for the team at the exclusion of all else. No, that, know, that's for, the lineman, general receiver. manager. But that's the for but former anyway, general manager. He does not know what they,
0: the hell he was doing either. So,
1: they, yeah. So anyway, they got really fast wide receivers, and they wanted to have a quarterback that had a really strong arm, and so they got a guy that uh, tossed a pigskin uh, fifty-nine miles per hour in the twenty-two. Uh, combine. And that was, you know, one of the fastest times uh, in many years. Now, combine miles per hour speeds do not translate from year to year because they set up the uh, radar guns a little differently from one year to the next. But anyway, he's very, very, got a very, very strong arm, not necessarily a very, very accurate arm. And the buzz out of Washington's summer camp is that he's had trouble with accuracy and he's throwing interceptions in practice. So I don't know if if we think that he's really a franchise quarterback right away out of the box. And how much patience do they actually have with a 22-year-old quarterback? Uh, Most, the hallmark of a bad team is that they have zero patience waiting for a franchise quarterback. They'll give him probably about three games. And then who do they think that they'll have as the next quarterback? It's Jacoby Brissett. The Cleveland Browns quarterback last season, I think Jacoby Brissett is pretty good. He can run a football team. Uh, he does not have the strongest arm in the NFL, but he can run a team and get some Ws out of it. That's what I think.
0: Comment. you? i, I tell you what. I think, you I think the commanders are set up to get the first overall draft pick. And then when the first overall draft pick, the guy from – USC or whoever it is they're getting, it's going to have a terrific wide receiver core as soon as he gets to Washington. That's what I think is happening this season. I, you know, I like the, the commanders
1: in terms of their defense. They've got some really good guys on the defensive line still, and Mm you really have to look at the, the wide receiver core looks really great. And they did upgrade the offensive line. Also, they drafted two linemen. And they signed uh, Austin Ryder, the former Cleveland Brown, at offensive tackle. So they've done what they could to upgrade the team. Uh, they don't have a great running game. They're going to throw, throw, throw. Uh, I think that calls for Jacoby Brissett and not a 22-year-old kid with a cannon. If uh, you're trying to win games, uh, if you're yeah, if you're trying to win games, I think that the the way that this team is going to be decided actually will be by depth. I think that their front, you know, their 22 best guys are probably pretty good, but I don't know that I trust, you know, the guys at the bottom of the roster. i just don't know them that well. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think, well, you'll get to see them Friday, but (laughs) yeah, we'll learn a little bit more about them, but I see them all game Friday we'll really learn a, a little bit more about the <laughs> quarterback situation. We'll learn perhaps whether we believe that we have a franchise court. I hate franchise quarterback. I think that's such a dumb concept. And, and I really think it's dumb when you want to have a 22 year old kid be the franchise quarterback. And he has to be the franchise quarterback right away this year. And, uh, you know, there's so much emotion riding on this, and I just don't think that they're going to have any patience with them. That's what I think.
0: No, I, I really I, – I don't I don't really know what to think, man. I, I just think they're just set up to fail.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, just, I think they're set script. up to fail. Perfect script. You've got an offensive mm-hmm. coordinator that's put a lot of pressure on himself. Uh, you've got a euphoric fan base that has – expectations that are sky high now that they've rid themselves of a 24-year-old curse. They're expecting that that the frog is going to transform into a handsome prince and that they're going to have a, you know, a transformational experience immediately. They've got stars. They really do have stars on offense and on defense, and it's mm-hmm. not crazy to think that that they're going to be really good, especially early on. Uh, I just really don't know how deep their team is uh, on the total roster. That mm-hmm. I really am not sure. I just don't really have a good feel for who they've got on the the, um, you know, the back end of the roster. That I don't know.
0: Let's talk about Friday for a second. What do we expect to see? Let me, let me give a little preview of what I think we're going to see. Um, defense, we're going to see that four, three defense that the Browns run. Um, the commanders run it really, really well. Um, <clears throat> they got decent defensive backs, but they're really stacked up front. I don't think we're going to see the up front people. So I think we're going to see a lot of their backups. Um, on sure. offense, I think they're going to go to that kind of uh, hybrid pro college style that the Chiefs run with Mahomes, um, that they kind of mm-hmm. adopted by necessity with Mahomes because he came out of that air raid. Cliff Kingsbury, who I refer to as pimp number two. If you listen to to uh, what the elf was that he is he is pimp number two. So if you want to go back, listen to that, figure out what that's all about. Yes, I called Cliff Kingsbury a pimp, and I back it up in my podcast. So pimp two had uh, <laughs> Elliot's offended or something, but he comes out of that offense uh, having been coached by pimp number two and. You know, you have to kind of teach them the pro game slowly, and that's why Mahomes came along slowly, and they developed this kind of hybrid college option spread stuff along with pro concepts that they do in Kansas City really, really well now. Um, And Biennemi is taking that into Washington, and how quickly are they going to adapt to that? Sam Howell played that spread style at North Carolina, um, so it may be easier for him to adapt to it. I think their success is going to ride on whether or not Howell, you know, obviously can play a, a college-style offense in the professional ranks. We'll see how that goes. But on Friday, I think we're going to see that offense open up a little bit and yes. at least see the backups run it a little bit. And I think we might see some Jacoby Brissett. Oh, I think you have to. I think there's,
1: there, there is a quarterback competition in Washington. Uh, Unlike Cleveland, they have to play their number one guy because he needs to win a job. It's not going to be given to him automatically. And uh, so they are going to open up their offense. They are not going to have a running game. Uh, So they're going to be throwing the ball all over the ball yard. Uh, Even though their first-string wide receivers probably won't play, they're nevertheless going to run that offense as if string was present and so they'll be throwing deep against the Browns and uh I look for lots of bombs to be thrown all over the place and uh, I think that there could be some uh uh, interceptions uh, some of the some long completions and some go to the wrong jerseys and um I I think it'll be a very exciting game so I I look for a lot of long ball uh
0: I don't uh, know if you're gonna get a lot of long ball out of Jake Fromm, man. Jake Fromm is Jake the Fromm. third string quarterback.
1: Jake Fromm. No, no, no. I'm so, I, I'm saying that uh Sam Howell is gonna play a lot, and so is Jacob. I can't
0: imagine Sam Howell playing a
1: lot. They have to play him because he has to win the job. They're not it's like you know one this series. is like the
0: Browns playing Deshaun Kaiser in the preseason. Yeah. Like, oh, well, my God. He, we got to get him
1: ready well, to play the absolutely season. Absolutely had to play him. And, well, okay, now the Browns were exceptionally stupid that year. But remember that that uh, Kaiser was not thought to be the candidate in game one. Um, they were going to have um, – oh, what's my man's Brock name? Brock Osweiler. Yeah, Brock Osweiler was going to be the number one quarterback. So he got a lot of work in game one, had a bad game. So they said, okay, you're fired. And then they let uh, they let uh, uh, Kaiser have a lot of throws in
0: game two, and uh, I was actually at he, that game. I think that was in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, and he, he went, came he back went,
0: and won that game.
1: Yeah, they, he went six for eighteen, and they said, "Oh, that's really awesome. Six for eighteen, that's good enough. Okay, you're our man. Uh, you're a franchise quarterback based on six for eighteen. That's good enough."
0: Well, that's because Kaiser could do what Kaiser could do was Kaiser had a long ball accuracy. He just had no accuracy short or intermediate, but he could throw the long ball pretty accurately. And so when you just throw the ball down the field, there, there, was, all no he could log- do. there was
1: no. I'm not buying this for a minute. There was no logic to uh, anointing a 21 year old quarterback with uh, limited
0: experience in. college. Oh, no, I'm not saying this is the reason why they did it. I, I'm just saying they were dumb. They got excited about stuff they saw in one game on tape and thought, let's just roll with this.
1: Yeah, no, I, I believe that that Washington will play first string and second string at quarterback uh, for a reasonable amount of time uh, in the first half, and they're not going to turn the ball over to uh, Fromm um, immediately. Fromm will probably play substantially in the second half, but – you're going to see both uh, uh, Howell and Brissett, I believe, throw a lot of passes and they're going to go all over the place. But also, and, uh, looks like Deshaun
0: Watson's going to start. So I'm guessing
1: he would start, but not play extensively. I think the Washington right. uh, quarterback, Howell, will play mm-hmm. more than Cleveland
0: quarterback, Watson. That's what I would right. think. I think Watson's going to come and play a series, maybe two, and that'll be his night. Just a tune-up. He's not winning. Yep. He does not have to win his job. He just
1: needs to get right. tuned up.
0: Yep. All right, Elliot. I think that runs our time for tonight. I Everybody- think
1: so. I had a, a lot of fun. I hope our fans did as well. It's going to be a fun game on Friday. I hope to see you at the stadium. So,
0: all, right. all right. Give me a second here. Thanks for listening and go to our page on X slash Twitter and like, follow, subscribe, whatever the heck they call it anymore. And get yourself entered for those tickets so you can go watch the game. Hey, I heard a rumor, Joel.
1: What's the rumor? I heard a rumor that this show might be called the Cleveland
0: Brownie acts soon. Is there any truth to that rumor? We might be rebranding football philosophy and rocket science because we don't really talk about much rocket science or football, or while well, we do talk about football, we don't talk about much philosophy or rocket science. So we might just call ourselves the Cleveland Brownie X, which might be a better name for us. Well, probably if that had. We
1: have some fan opinion. You probably need to comment whether that's a good idea or not. So, yeah, leave yeah, us a comment.
0: You know. Give us E-n-l-l-s a comment. Email at uh, the, the left you, guard at gmail.com.
1: Let us know that, too. We love hate mail. In fact, we'll probably read that on the air. Yeah, we'll probably
0: most definitely put the hate mail on the air. Yeah. All right. right, Let us know, guys. Let us know. Johnny of football. Thank you for listening to Football Philosophy and Rocket Science, a Cleveland Browns podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow Joel on Twitter at The Left Guard and Elliot at The Village Elliot.